0: Don't just be a part of the industry, redefine it.
1: Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching, LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps. It is Renee Small here with another edition, special edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity. This is our Mondays with Dan, Dr. Dan edition. We've been here for, I believe, nine weeks now. Um talking to Dan, hearing from him. Dr. Dan, as you all probably know at this point, is a peak performance strategist, he's a psychologist, but he focuses on helping um, CEOs, executives, and people in leadership really um, get to their peak performance. Um, I'm Renee Small, as you all likely know by now, I'm a cybersecurity recruiter, helping leaders bring in top cybersecurity talent. So, Dan, do you want
2: to introduce yourself? Yeah, good morning. Uh, Dan Schaefer, Peak Performance Strategies. Uh, for those of you who haven't met me before, I'm a business and sports psychologist. Uh, I'm not. A, this is not therapy. This is all about strategy. Uh, it's about people who are, find themselves in, in a couple of situations. One, frequently they're alone at the top of their organization and have absolutely nobody to bounce anything off of. Uh, even for an opinion. So I will talk about my phone number. My offering is you pick up the phone, text me, give me a call. No fee for a discussion on the phone to find out what you personally need to have happen right now that's not happening. Uh, the other thing that I do that, that I think all of you do, although you probably don't term it this way, is I sell mistakes, I help people avoid really, really serious and costly mistakes that I've seen others make that I commit to my clients that I don't let them make. And so a lot of this has to do around pre- preparation for competition. Uh, every one of you are competing. Now, I've worked with professional football players. Chad Pennington was a quarterback for the Giants and, uh, for the Jets and the Dolphins. is my client since 2005. He prepared to compete but he would have timeouts they'd have, you know, but with cybersecurity people, there's no timeout. I described it in a, in a call last week, everybody I talked to as they describe what the threats are that they face on a consistent basis. It's like deciding to step in under Niagara falls. The water never stops. And so it's one of the unique positions today in, in the world that requires, uh, uh, flexibility, uh, creativity, uh, and uh, and the fact that the ability to to move forward uh, to protect the company or the people you're working for.
1: Yeah. So, Dan, over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about a number of different things, and you've been talking to a number of cybersecurity leaders um, and cybersecurity professionals. And I want everyone to know, if you don't know, haven't known already, Dan's been working with we worked together for a long time, and Dan has worked um, extensively with cybersecurity leaders, with CISOs and um, executives in that space. So not only CEOs and, and, and um, athletes and executives across the board, but very much into the cybersecurity space so he understands our struggles and how much, like he said, we're always underwater. <laughs> so the cybersecurity person, it never lets up. So today's topic or today's two two questions. The first one I always bring up is 2025. Last week Dan I was on a uh, one of these live streams last Friday and um we were talking about this current situation, the pandemic, um you know, COVID-19, George Floyd, the riots, the you know, everything going on in the world right now. And I said one of the things that you say all the time and how ha- how to stay focused and how to, you know, continue when you do have a job to do you do have to focus on the security threats you know um as we all know in this environment is when security people when um when you get more hacks you get more they feed off of chaos so how do we all stay focused in this environment and one of the things that that i talked to them about i said that you always say you know we're in 2025 looking backwards Um, And and you've always said that. We've always been five years ahead looking backwards. So I'd love for you to talk to um, the folks today about that. And then after that, about our our topic, which is when you decide to leave, what do you do next?
2: Uh, It's very interesting. I've said this to Renee for many years now. She looks like she's here, but she's not really here. She's already out in the future, which is where most of you folks are. You know, they talk about some people will describe success as, you know, persistence plus imagination. Well, you can't persist towards something that you can't imagine. So every client I have today is in 2025 working backwards. How does that work? Well, if you – and let me just take for a second that if you're talking to a a prospect or a client or in sales – talk to them about where they want to be and a couple of dynamics take place first of all every one of my clients i have a system that works this that that takes a person out to 2025 and says okay here's what 2025 looks like to you here is where you want to be here's what you'd love to be doing uh the kind of position you'd like to have uh i give you a magic wand you wave it what does it look like and once that's established in your subconscious mind as well as your conscious mind, we start to look backwards for anything that you could possibly do that, or that could happen that could derail your plans. So it's important to study. What are the, some of the things that come up? And I'll take professional sports and apply it to what we're doing here because it's competition. Uh, I'd say to a professional football player, what are you uh, – what do you want to have happen? He said, "I want to increase my concentration." I said, "Okay. What gets in the way of your concentration?" And they say, "I get distracted." Uh, and then the next question is, "Is what distracts you?" And frequently, it's the way an individual talks to themselves. So I would say, for example, with Renee, what does Renee hear? Renee saying to Renee when Renee overhears Renee talking to Renee. But how important is distraction? You can try this. If you have kids, you'd love to do this with your kids, but sit up straight in your chair for a minute, start to move your right foot clockwise, round and round, round and round, round and round, round and round. While your right foot is going clockwise, with your right hand, draw a big number six in the air. See, your foot goes backwards. It's amazing how that happens. Why it happens is not important as the fact that it does happen. So we have to be conscious about what distracts us. So whereas with a football player, Certainly, distractions when they're on the field in the middle of a play is one thing, but they can't take something from outside, off the field, from the media, or from the sidelines, or from their personal life or their business, and bring it into the middle of that game. It will distract them. And of all the people that I know, there's nobody that can afford a distraction less than a cybersecurity leader. I mean, they have to be on a game. It's bringing your a game to the table every single time. Not some days, this day. So it's not being a little bit, of course, you know, you your attacks never stop. You know, it's like a quarterback who the play never ends. You still have 400-pound linemen coming to sack you. So, yeah, it's, it's a competitive environment. And so that's a strategy that we use to, to move in that direction. But there's an invisible dynamic that takes place with everybody that I work with and anybody who's trying to promote your yourself or to promote your business or to promote your company's business. It's called short-term discomfort versus long-term regret. If you're looking for uh, a cybersecurity professional, uh, you may not want to deal with Renee now, but I'll tell you what you really, really don't want. You don't want to be out in 2025 looking back and say, Why wow, I wish I called her. Now, you know, it's how do you find people who are vetted, who have experience in, in the game? You call somebody who's there. And we've worked together with cybersecurity people for years. And so it's uh, uh, it's just one of the strategies. But the interesting thing about 2025 because a lot of my work is invisible. It's with the subconscious mind. It operates on your behalf without any effort on your part. Uh, When you say to your subconscious mind, I want this in 2025, it says, are you sure? Yeah. And it starts to move in that direction. My business is about keeping people out of the way of their subconscious mind, dragging them toward where they want to be. And I've seen it over. I can give you Tons of examples. I have examples in my book, Click, The Competitive Edge. But, again, it, it's uh, it's the kind of thing that people – because it's about your A-game. What do you want to have happen for yourself? And also, uh, what do you need to have happen right now that's not happening? I'm not talking about next week, the week after. I'm talking about right now. Right.
1: So, Dan, we have a couple of good comments and questions Chris Roberts says, the decide to leave part is interesting. I've managed to screw that up a few times in my history. So when you say, when you decide it's time to leave, what do you well, do
2: next? Chris, Chris, I want to let you know that you are the only person who has ever screwed anything up. feel <laughs> terrible about yourself. You, you know what happens is people don't, you know, I tell people you really need to pay attention to, uh, to the vibes you get. Honor your intuition. If something isn't working well or, or you feel that there's some threat to your position, then it's time to take some action. But the question always comes back is what action do you take? Now, I've had people who, uh, I, I can give you an example of a, of a woman who I met in Geneva with when I was on a global project and she said to me, I'm, uh, she's, I got a problem. I said, What's the problem? She's, I'm pregnant. And she said, I know that there are people in my company who are going to come in and try to get my job. I know I have to go on maternity leave for four or five months after I have the baby. What am I going to do? So we set up a whole strategy around her consolidating her practice, getting all her people in. And she ran a huge financial division in, in Europe. And ultimately she had to go to a uh, she had to go to a, a regional conference that she was not supposed to be at because she was on maternity leave. And I said to her, go to the conference. The reason you're going is not for you. You're going there because of your clients. They depend on you to do that stuff. But we said it was a five month strategy that we set up while she was while her pregnancy was progressing. So it, it sometimes it takes Time to get out. The other thing, and I'll give you an example of what happened when HP uh, merged with Compaq. I worked with about 90 senior executives who were not sure that their jobs would exist after the merger took place. So what we did is we set up consulting companies. They had a private consulting company. They didn't marketing anything, but it was, they built a safety net. And the safety nets are important. So, but I would say that I would say to somebody, you know, when you, uh, they'd say, we just had some people leaving, uh, we had some people leave our company. I said, well, where did they go? They said, well, we don't know. I said, how could you have a t- really talented person leave your company and not know where they're going to follow them because they are part of your co- consulting company? Should the bottom fall out? Or should you need to bring resources in? I've seen this happen, Renee, I've seen this happen over and over and over again. But that's that's the important I mean, I I talk to people all the time about cybersecurity risks. And I say, listen, if you if cybersecurity risk even comes into your thought process and you're looking around for somebody to help you, the first first call is to call Renee. You know, what it's not what is the cost somebody to call her, is what's the cost of not calling her. And that's what I I say to people. I can't even calculate the cost of not calling me to, to spend 15 minutes on the phone and tell me what's happening. Because so it's not going to cost you anything unless you don't call. So, yeah, it, but it, it's not this. I'm not a fit for everybody. But I know that, that the reality is, is that people who are trying to move forward don't want to make a mistake. You know, when somebody said, what's on your mistake? And anybody who wants to email me and ask me for my mistakes list, I'll send them the mistakes list. These are mistakes that my clients made before they became my client. I want to cost them money, emotion, or reputation. Because what we know, Renee and I have been dealing with this for years, slow is not working for anybody anymore. People want to fast track everything. Uh, people want to move into the blue ocean. If you haven't read the book, The Blue Ocean Strategies, get a copy of it and read it. It's, how do you move into the blue ocean where well, you have absolutely no competition? That's where you want to be. And so, when you go into an interview with a company, the question is: Are you interviewing them, or are they interviewing you? you? You want to be interviewing them because if you're really, really good at what you do, and you know what that is, then you have to be very selective that you're going to go to a company that's going to allow you the freedom to be creative. Cost them a fortune to, to stop you.
1: Yep. Very true, Dan.
2: Didn't and everybody, everybody doesn't think like you. You guys, you guys are women, are not on this planet. You think so, you're someplace else, you know, because you wouldn't be doing what you're doing if, if you did. So, so the fact is, is you have to recognize where you are in the, in the universe and what the threats are. And you're talking to people who aren't even aware that there's a threat, you know. And so it's only when it hits them in the back of the head and they go, how did that happen? Well, that's what we're looking at here.
1: There's so, so many there's so many people that talk about, and you, you, I know you've heard this a ton of time from the cybersecurity execs that we've connected with um that tell you even their leadership their leadership they don't fully understand what what the cybersecurity leaders do what the cybersecurity professionals do you know they they will look for one thing or they think they're hiring for one thing and then they don't really fully understand that um and that in and of itself is such a challenge
2: that that's that's why i think that a lot of the Interviews have to be turned around to what kind of questions are you going to ask the people who are interviewing you? And then you have to assess, is the person who's interviewing you tomorrow going to be the final decision maker? Renee and I know that we've dealt with companies where the person who really needs the talent went to a department within their company that, that wasn't able to explain what they needed. And so how do you do that? How do you make sure that the person understands? And when you start to talk about cybersecurity, how many people really understand what you do? Probably very few people shake their heads. Oh, I know what you do. No, they, they really don't. <laughs>
1: they have no clue.
2: And, and how, so the question you have to ask yourself is when somebody's shaking their head, oh, I get it, do they really? And if they don't, what does it cost them not to get it? So, you know, one of the interesting things that I discovered with uh, – with working with senior executives is that when I gave them a choice of competitive edge strategies, what did they want to do? And I believe there's eight and we can talk about that a little bit later. But the fact is, is that power communication topped the list. How do you communicate with somebody? Uh, How do you communicate with somebody who really truly needs, uh, needs what you have, but doesn't know the right questions to ask You know, when somebody asks you a question, you know, when you go to talk to somebody about cybersecurity, I would not expect for a second that they have the right questions to ask you. So I think that your responsibility is to say, you can ask me any question that you want, but now I'm going to give you a list of questions that I want you to be asking me because it'll help you. So you're going to have to provide them with the question. You know, somebody said, I really want great answers. But well, to get great answers, you have to ans- ask fantastic questions. So how do you put them together? You know, if you're looking to move from one company to another, what do you need to do here? How do you, how do you get that in, How do you get that into a situation where you can really ask that kind of question? So it's a, it's a challenge, but it's, it's it's planning. People have to prepare to compete. How do you prepare to compete? I'll give you an example. Come back to sports, whether you're a football fan or not. And I'm hoping that phone is going to stop in a minute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you want to answer it, Dan? I know your clients, they always need you. <laughs> I, I, I can't. Dan uh, has serious clients.
2: Well, that, that's the other thing, is, is that I, I'm on speed dial with clients. You know, somebody said to me, I really want to. <laughs> it's funny. They said, you know, uh, companies will spend a fortune to analyze stuff to figure why something didn't work. They won't spend – they'll spend very little on preparing to compete. So my, my football story, Super Bowl three. Dave Herman protected Joe Namath and Bubba Smith. Anybody who doesn't, everybody knows Namath. Many people know, maybe don't know Bubba. Bubba Smith, Dave Herman was 6'2", 250. Bubba Smith was 6'7", 385. Something. So I said, how did you prepare to p- control him in the game? He said, I watch game films. So I said, what do you watch for? He said, well, I figure when a guy that big has got to move forward, he's got to be standing out one foot just a little bit longer than everybody else. He says, I never waited for the ball to be snapped. I just waited until his toe came up. Now, if somebody has got four quarters and numerous downs to win a game, who prepares to that degree, how does somebody go into an interview and just wing a presentation or wing a pitch to somebody or wing a pitch to the board of directors, realizing that in the arena that you guys are in, very few people understand this. Renee knows. We laugh about this all the time. I'm ecstatic that I can turn my computer on. I still <laughs> mail by like Pony Express, so, you know. Uh, but yeah, very
1: proud of you, Dan, for being yeah. on here so many weeks in a row. This is awesome.
2: Yeah. So I've even, I've even gotten away now that I can put people on Zoom calls. So I'm doing Zoom calls. I mean, that's Renee has helped drag me into the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> But, but again so you know it's it's this is about winning you guys are in a massive competition people that hire you are like somebody who hires uh, uh offensive lineman to protect a valuable quarterback that's really what you're doing you're the offensive line and so the part there are people who depend on you but don't know the right stuff to ask they don't know the right questions to ask because i'm finding that over and over and over again People are not asking the right questions. So what we attempt to do here is to come back and say, you know, okay, so when you decide it's time to leave, you probably know that it's time to leave where you are long before you do that. And so there may be some reluctance to do that. There's some preparation. There's putting things together in a way that you feel comfortable that you have a, Safety net, all my guys with Hewlett Packard, women with Hewlett Packard, had, sa- had built safety nets. 85 out of the 90 never had to use them, but they had them. They had a, a company that was like the small group, uh, and the question is, is, who do you have? Who are your resources? Who do you pull together? Who do you know? And you, you've been doing this for years. But, but the point is, is that, so the, you know, I believe that everybody walks, walks around with a toolbox. And they have tools in the toolbox that they're very, very familiar with. And uh, other, there are other tools in the toolbox that you don't even know are there. And so one of the key issues is identifying what you really do well. Because that's important. You have to know what's in there. But then you open the toolbox up and you say, who can throw other tools into the toolbox? And how do we make that happen? becomes important stuff for you for your a-game first i've had competitive athletes that have been in team sports say to me i'm not working on myself this is a team sport i said it's a team sport after you bring your a-game to the field so if you're working with a team of people you have to know what you do well so that you can help develop the people in your company who are coming up and renee and i have talked about this for years uh you could be really, really very good at what you do. You could be living in a world of unconscious competence where you do stuff automatically. But uh, you'll never be able to teach something to somebody else that you don't know that you know. So it really becomes important to find out what you know and then communicate it to people who make a decision.
1: Well, Dan, that happens all the time. And it definitely happens when a person is moving from especially a technical role into a management role. So really, really, really strong technically. They know don't know what they don't know, or they just had that unconscious competence. And then when it's time to move into the management spot and they have to train and teach the other people beneath them what they're doing or what they know, it just becomes very difficult. People struggle when they make that jump. That's,
2: that, that's what happened with HP. When Carly Fiorina came into HP... She put people, she said, I'm promoting some very talented people up into these really top leadership positions. I mean, running countries and regions in Europe and around the world. Uh, And she said, I don't want to put a really good technical person into a place and and let them learn on a job. So we did a lot of work with helping people to manage other people. And, you know, what we developed was, I mean, I had a guy who ran a country and he had seven people that he he that reported to him indirectly, which was interestingly enough the limit that that they put on it at that time. But they were all over the world, so we realized that the man, the traditional management structure would not work for them. So we put the, we switched it from a management culture to a coaching culture that required people to understand what they did well and to teach it. But it was the secret of all of this. So again, it, it's it's uh, it's an important thing. But now what's happened is so many people are looking to figure how do I manage a remote team. And it, it's it's uh, it, it's interesting, you know, if you put the traditional management structure aside, there's a there's a three-step part to this uh, coaching culture. I come to work for Renee and Renee says to me, I have a project. Take it home, review it, come back, and you tell me how you're going to do it, what your process is going to be. So I'll sit down with Renee and talk to Renee about this. And she she has to be quiet and let me explain it. But what I'm doing is making her comfortable with giving me that role. That's phase one. The second phase is, we need this project done by December 15th. Is there anything that you can imagine we get in the way between now and December 15th? No. So I've done two things. I've committed to the process that she agrees with and she's comfortable with. I've agreed to a time frame. And her next question to me is, what do you need from me? I need money. I need resources. I need people. Uh, and so all she has to do to check up on her seven people that are reporting to her, is to pick up the phone every day and say, do you need anything for me today? Do you need anything from me today? Rather than worrying about that. Now, I've seen a law firm where a guy saved, said to me, uh, he fought me on it in the beginning, but he ultimately said, you know, he said, I saved $20 in 20 minutes by having this discussion with somebody. Because this person was going in to try a case. When she described to me how she was going to proceed, I realized we were going to lose we were able to stop the cold air. I saved a client. He said I would have lost the client. So knowing what somebody's going to do beforehand, it's like selling mistakes, is really important. Now, if people go to my website, uh, there's a, a video on there or a presentation I did for IFMA, IF, International Facility Managers Association. It's called A Cost of Myths. Review that. See how many myths you or your company are operating on that really are costing you a fortune. Because somebody who thinks that they're going to go to a meeting and that they have a 30-second elevator pitch that they can go into and talk to people about, they're sadly mistaken because you don't have 30 seconds. You only have six. After six seconds, they're gone. And people wonder why stuff doesn't work. It's a lot easier to operate like a football player, run a play over and over and over and over again, before you do that, I had a guy. One of the things I do, interestingly enough, is I guarantee golfers three to six strokes at their golf game without ever touching a club. Now, if anybody's interested in that, I can help you with that too. So, but uh I had a guy call me in he, into his office. Uh, I had no idea who he was when I until I got there. He said to me, I want to I want to be go, go from a three-handicap to a scratch golfer. Can you help me? I said, Yes. When I got there, he pushed all the golf stuff off the desk, and he said, I'm in the middle of one of the biggest mergers and acquisitions that are going on in the country today. I've got three months to persuade three guys that I'm the guy to run the company. And so we went through a process that I had to help him identify who it was, how to talk to different people. He got the position. We went out to dinner. I said, do you know anybody else in the same? Do you know what what the guy the, – uh, uh, what did I say? I said, you're going out to uh, we went out to dinner. And I said to him, Do you know anybody in the same situation that you're in? He said, Absolutely. I said, Well, will you refer me? He says, No, he says, I can't tell anybody about you. So people who get a competitive edge never give it away. And that's yeah. one of the challenges I had. So I do these programs because nobody knows what I do. It's all invisible. But if you go on my website, there's a lot of stuff on a myth, course the myths. And, uh, and then the question is, is, how do you get your pitch down to six seconds? When somebody says to me, what do you do? I laugh a little bit. I say, it's funny. What I do is I sell mistakes. Nobody walks away from you. Now, if you're a security person and you say you sell mistakes, who's walking
1: away? Nobody.
2: But they'll, they'll never. And then it, it breaks the pattern.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's been some really good comments on here. And I didn't want to interrupt you, Dan, but I just want to shout some people out with their comments because they've been great. Um, And this this is really the reason why the comments is because sometimes people are listening to this, they're not actually watching and reading every comment. So um, Ben Wolf talked about doing the number six and the foot. (laughs) <laughs> and how it never, it never, we, it always goes the other way. You can't do it. We no. try keep trying it, uh, which no. took a couple people made, made that comment last week too. Um, so we had Felicia Newton. She came on and said, good morning, Lauren, uh, provost, Dr. Lauren came on and said, what a great accurate quote when we were talking earlier. Um, Mary Aji, another great session. Um, then Wolf again talking about putting the number six in the air and how that works, how it's so funny how that works. Um, and we already talked about Chris Roberts' comments. Kyle Griffith said, often awesome info. Thanks, Dr. Dan. James Johnson, insightful information. I'm taking notes. Thank you. Um, Paul says the, he loves the six-second rule. And Cherie Warwick says he, she loves it. I sell mistakes as well as um that you are dropping gems, Dan. You drop Thank gems everywhere you go.
2: Well, you have you people have the freedom to use this. I mean, yeah. take take these and use them in you, but but you know what it is? It's, it's very interesting. Uh, when I worked with cybersecurity people who had to manage teams of people and and their role was wanting to move up within their company or move into another company, we we profile the people I we were going to talk to. Single, married, divorced, separated kids, gay, straight, how they communicate, so that they molded their communication strategy to the person they were talking to, so that they decide, decided what was most important to that individual and present them with the information to make a decision. So it wasn't random. It's, just, it's going to talk about what I do. It, it's, this is planned. I mean, I have worked with one cybersecurity professional. I had about 25 profiles of people within a company that, that they had to talk to based on personalities and who they needed to persuade, not to persuade them without integrity, but the fact is to put the message together in a way that it made sense to them. Yeah. Because if the minute you start to talk technical to somebody who is either embarrassed by not knowing what you're talking about or who needs to know, but doesn't know right the questions to ask, you're just talking into a vacuum. It's all gone away, and so it's how to how to persuasively ask questions. Uh, and as I refer you back to my website, there are a lot of videos on there about this material and how the system works. Uh, feel free to take it. and you, use anything you know. Anything I have, you want to use. You want to make a mistakes list. I tell people when I told a guy this morning, send me a mistakes list. My role is to make it confusing. See, when you make a mistakes list, it has to be confusing. So that when somebody reads it, they have no idea what you're talking about. And they come back and say to you, what do you mean by this? What do you mean by that?
1: I just put it in there. Um, I'm going to add it. Dan Schaefer, PhD.com. Right. That's the website. And anyone yeah. that wants dance. Phone number, I, you know, feel free. Anybody can reach out to me. People have reached out over the last few weeks. I know Dan has been working with clients of people who've been on this program, um, who have listened to what Dan has been saying over the past eight or nine weeks um, and have already started to u- use, um, you know, Dan's program and see the progress. Immediately. One of, it's things, immediate. one of
2: the things that we're doing is, is that I put together, I believe there are eight keys to a competitive edge. And so on, in July 6th, I'm starting an eight week program. It's going to be seven o'clock, in, seven to eight in the morning here. And then I'm doing mm-hmm. one for the West coast people. Uh, it's going to be on zoom. It's going to be eight keys to a competitive edge and how, You'll identify what your competition is doing that they will never ever tell you about.
1: Yep. So it's the eight 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 program. So back in the day, Dan did this eight 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 program and it was it was one day, right, Dan? It was eight, eight hours. Eight, eight
2: keys to a competitive edge, eight hours straight for only eight people, including lunch. There's no lunch on his Zoom call. And <laughs> But what was it? What was interesting and the reason it didn't work out very well uh, in the long run was because people never knew who was going to come and sit at the table with them, whereas this is anonymous. You know, people can come in. The other thing is about asking questions. You know, I did a program one time for hockey goaltenders. I've been working with hockey goalies for 25 years. I did a program for hockey goaltenders. It was a clinic. And at the end, I said, were there any questions? And there were 95 of them. And there were no questions. I said to me, said, why were there no questions? And at the end, I had 40 kids lined up along the wall saying to me, I would never ask a question in front of people I'm competing with. So with Zoom, you know, you have the ability to send chat questions in anonymously, privately, mm-hmm. which we'll, we'll address as many of those as we possibly can. Yeah. But if someone really wants to talk to me about this, take my phone number and text me and say when can we talk, and we'll find a time. Phone number nine one seven eight eight zero six seven five eight, but it's on a website.
1: Yep, and if anyone wants to reach Dan, just reach out to me and um, send me a message. I'll send you Dan all Dan's info. Dan is a huge texter. So you send him a text, he responds pretty immediately. And then from there, he will, um, then you, you guys can jump on a call. But Dan has helped a ton of people so far, has helped me for years and years and years. Um, so we want to make sure, you know, we want to make sure that this community is, is ready, is, um, has all the resources that you need. Um, especially during this time, you know, with COVID-19 there has been a couple of different things that I've seen personally from a um, hiring and, and, and movement perspective. People are still hiring, people are still moving. Some a handful of people have been um, laid off due to COVID-19. So there's been a, 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 a few different transitions that people are going through. So either you decide on your own, or the decision is made for you that you have to leave, you know, talking to Dan and really getting that you know what what do you do next when you decide or when the decision is made for you and the next steps after that.
0: Um talking like, to Dan
2: about- It's like having a getaway bag. You know, you can put the whole I've had people put consulting companies together with resources of people they're gonna talk to and people who they got to bring in and handle different kind of projects and never use it. And never needed to use it. But it was always there. There's a tremendous level of comfort having a safety net, yeah. And exactly. same thing, same thing for a company. If a company is, just, I mean, the amount of people I talk to who sell cybersecurity insurance and that, and they say, Well, we don't really know that we need this, so we're not sure. I said, Just, just, call. and if you do decide, who do you call next? Do you go to the yellow pages, no, you call Renee. So when somebody wakes up and when somebody wakes up in the morning, they say, "I think I need to protect myself. The first thing you need to do is talk to somebody who can get you somebody who can
1: protect yourself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Dan, we're almost at forty minutes. Um, any final words of wisdom wisdom for folks as we close out? Dan, I'm gonna you know, anybody like I said before, I put his his, um, his website in the chat. I will also update this, the um, the LinkedIn message with Dan's website. If anyone wants to reach out to me directly, p- please do. I'll give you Dan's number um, and you can reach out to him and, and share with him whatever it is, you know, whatever questions you have. But Dan, go ahead.
2: No, basically the last the thing is somebody said, you know, what what is success today? Success is persistence plus imagination. Um, but I believe that you can't persist towards something unless you have a target. And there are a lot of people who don't have a target. So you could be talking to somebody who you're trying to promote yourself to within a company. And they may not have a target. They may not know what to do next. They may be embarrassed to say that. So it's, it's a unique communication strategy that people put together to get people to listen to them. You know? And, but I always find it it's that I have, a, I have a client who sells insurance. And he says, initially, when he would start to do presentations, he'd say, he'd explain what he does with his insurance. And it was not nearly as impactful as when he started to say, I do MRIs and CAT scans on insurance policies. So all of you could say the same thing about cybersecurity. Somebody has a cybersecurity program, say, I do MRIs and CAT scans on that. And people are going to go, wait a minute. Somebody says they're going to do a CAT scan. I don't ask them to describe to me the machine they're going to do it. They just say, what are the results you want? I don't want you to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. One of the funniest mistakes, though, is quickly, I I did a a presentation for an accounting firm. And uh, it was to help them develop and grow their business. So they said to me, there were 40 partners. And the partner said to me, you know, our, our senior partners are curmudgeon, He's going to break your chops through this whole presentation. So at the end of the presentation, he says, what are you going to do to help us grow our business? I said, I'm going to tell you what to do, but you're never going to do it. He said, what do you mean I'm never going to do it? I said, when I came in your office, there were big gold carved letters over your reception desk. I said, get an orange prison jumpsuit, hang it right off the letters with a sign that says, we're never going to let you put this on. He said... We would never do that. I said, I told you, but nobody would ever forget it. <laughs> See, when any, when any of you are talking about what you do, I would suggest you start out by telling the people you're talking to who they don't want to be. I don't want to be the guy that's found that this happened and that that happened and this happened. They don't want to be that person. Right. And you're, you're the person who's going to help them not be that person.
1: Right. And I they could pick any breach. Like and, any, <laughs> I,
2: <laughs> any company. And anybody who wants to get together and write a book of these breaches, I mean, it's astounding. Yeah. But, you know, you guys have to be on every single time. And the hackers and the people who try to penetrate just keep going and going and going and going.
1: Yeah. So, cyber ast- criminals, Dan. What? The cyber criminals. Yeah. Hackers on here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. no, I, when you told me the opportunity in, in cybersecurity and, and coming and it's growing, yeah. So, people who are looking for jobs in cybersecurity, company who's looking for people, I have to get the right people, I have to get somebody who's vetted,
1: yeah. And
2: you know, you just can't get somebody who, you know, my nephew just graduated with a computer science degree, I'm going to hire him. No, <laughs> you have to get somebody, <laughs> <right there> too. <laughs> you know? But, you know, yeah. so it, but again, We're in a process here. Uh, We love what we're doing. And uh, just reach out if you have a question.
1: Yep. So, folks, if you have a question, reach out to me. Yep. Connect with me. I'll just give you Dan's number directly. Jump on his website. You can see what he has going on. Dan will be back next Monday. So, Mondays with Dan, every Monday around 11-ish Eastern uh, we'll be back again. If you have questions that you want us to, a- to ask, if you want a topic raised, let us know, and we'll put that topic out there, and that'll be the topic for the week. So. And
2: if you have, if, if you have a, a speed dial on your phone, the number you should have on that is Renee's phone number. The minute you wake up and say, I think I need cybersecurity people, she should be your first call. That is true. Not before, a couple, not, before a couple, not before a cup of coffee, but right after your first cup of coffee. All right, well, because
1: where what, what, what do you go? Know? I cannot disagree. No. All right, Dan, thank you so much for being here again, answering all these great questions.
2: Great yeah. questions. Thanks for the participation. Thanks for all the people who contacted me.
1: We'll yeah, absolutely. So, um, Anyone that wants to dance info, once again, reach out to me, and we'll see you again next week. Bye, everybody.
2: Okay. Good week.
1: Have a good week.